All right, I think we're recording here. Uh, welcome to this episode of Strong Dads Community. I'm your host, Charlie Ford. Um, this podcast is part of Thumos USA, a community optimizing men for growth, purpose, and impact. These are real stories of the men, the myths, and the legends in the making. Today we have the man, the myth, and the legend, Mr. Brian Townsend. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you, man? Thank you. I'm good, brother. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, man. Appreciate your time. Uh, I know, <clears throat> I know you're a you're a busy man. You got a big family and uh, lots of activities. So really appreciate your time and looking forward to kind of chatting about some stuff, man. So um, absolutely. So yeah, let's 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 jump right in, dude. Uh, you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Tell us a little bit about uh, you know your your marital status, kids, that that kind of thing. Okay, well, I'm married to my my lovely wife Christine. We've been married since '05. Um, her and I together have two wonderful children, Kennedy, who is 12, and Riley, who is nine. Um, I have three other kids previous to this marriage, and they're already grown and um, my oldest son's got, he's got a daughter of his own. So I have a granddaughter who's about six months younger than my youngest son. So, but yeah, man, um, life is crazy right now. We're in the midst of dance and, and dance team and ballet and football. So man, today's one of the days we actually get to kind of sit back and relax that's <laughs> not a whole lot going on, man. <laughs> that's perfect. So what's the span? What's the span of the age between your uh, oldest and youngest kid? 33 to nine. Okay. 33 to nine. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you, you got a, you got a little bit of everything, man. You got experience all through the, uh, the age range. Oh yeah. I've got uh, two boys. I started with a boy, ended with a boy. I got three girls in between. The girls are uh, 25, 24, and 12. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk, man, about uh, about fatherhood and about you, man. Um, you know, growing up, uh, how was your relationship with your dad? Man, my dad was, unfortunately, he was in and out of prison. He was, you know, uh, drugs kind of ruled his life. And um, when he was there, he was involved, but it's a matter of him being there. And he really encouraged us with sports because that's the thing that he let, you know, he loved the most. That's, you know, my brother and I were both pretty decent athletes. Um, but, you know, in between his stints of being locked up and now we, you know, we spent time that the majority of our time with my, my grandmother, and my grandfather, God rest their souls. And, and I think we got a lot of our values um, from our grandfather, you know, work, you know, work ethic and uh, moral compass and, th you know, things like that. So my uncle had a big, big to do with that, too. My, my dad's brother, Randy, uh, he also had a pretty big influence. He was a real, real big sports guy. Matter of fact, um, throughout my football career, you know, uh, little leagues and, and middle school and uh, I wore the number 40. My youngest son, uh, who plays football now, his number is also 40, and that's the number that my uncle wore. So we kind of wear that in in honor of him. He's still with us, thank goodness. Um, but just I think it was a nice tribute to him to show, you know, what a positive role model he was also for, you know, for, my, for me as a man and, 
you know, boy, growing up through boyhood and everything else too. So he was always there with his kids and always present. So his, you know, him being there uh, was a pretty large comfort, you know, piece for us. Uh, do, do your kids recognize that? Oh yeah, well they 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 know Uncle Randy, man. They, um, you know, he's in his seventies, but we're, when we're together, man, he's still he's very active with them, and you know they're all, hey, when are we going to see Uncle Randy? And you know, it's they didn't know who my dad was. He he just passed away this past uh, this last October, but he was you know as he got old on an age, he he became kind of a recluse, and all he would do, man, is sit in his rocking chair and eat and you know he became morbidly obese and i think that kind of contributed to part of of him going that my kids only knew him as the big guy mm. not like the joe biden big guy we ain't making no 10 millions of dollars but just the big guy because <laughs> yeah. he was such a yeah he was so big <laughs> mm. so how did that impact so let, let's rewind the clock a little bit and you you know you said your oldest is 33 right yeah yeah. So you have your first son, uh, firstborn, you, you know, right when he's born, you, it sounds like you were pretty young, um, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's right out of high school and it was, uh, me and his mom had a relationship for about two years and, um, yeah, we, she had had a couple of, uh, miscarriages and things like that. And, and as kids, man, we were, you know, you ain't really thinking about long term. And then lo and behold, my senior year of high school, right after I graduated, I had him. Um, and that the fortunate and the unfortunate thing uh, with my oldest is when he was about four or five, he, his mother, uh, we weren't together, obviously. Um, she was abusive. And I was in a military school and then one thing led to another by, you know, the grace of God, I got custody of him uh, when he was probably five years old, man. And, and that's so, full, full custody. Yep. Yeah, full custody. Ch- chapter one of the, of the chapter five of the kids, you know, so mm. um, it was a, it was, it was a crazy time. And I was, I was in the army. Um, I was real early in my career. Uh, I had gotten married to get custody of him. It was kind of a crazy story. And, I, and I, the Army won't give you custody of a kid unless you are married. The Army won't give you a place to live unless you're married or have, uh, you know, full custody of a child. And the courts wouldn't give me custody because I wasn't married and I didn't have a place for him to live. So uh, I had left Fort, Fort Riley, or excuse me, Fort Stewart, Georgia, and, and went to a school in Fort McClellan, Alabama, when all this, when I found out about the abuse. And, and, you know, it took me like, man, it took me probably eight months after that to get custody of him because I finally got through the school. Um, what I did, and, and, you know, which isn't a very cool thing to do, but I married my ex-girlfriend specifically so I could get custody of my kids. So, I got married. We got a, you know, we got a place in Puerto Rico. I got custody. I got him. Uh, fast forward three years, uh, we uh, we got back to the states and and we got divorced. So but then I that, became a single father. Okay, but at that time you already had custody, and now so now yeah, like you said, you're a single father, and now oh, you're yeah. still in the army. Oh yeah, yeah. I spent uh, 1990 to 2013. Uh, 
in the, in the United States Army, man. And for, gosh, probably for, I mean, for many, many years, I was a single dad. And I was very fortunate to have a, a good supporting cast around me, which, like, the Army community kind of, you know, really uh, is strong together. And we go out to our field exercise and stuff. And, and the, you know, some of the wives would watch him while we were out there and things. So, he, you know, he always had people that cared about him around. But, I, you know, I wasn't always around because of because of what the, where the military took me and whatnot. So, you know, if you don't mind me asking, you, you're it sounds like uh, your relationship with your dad was a bit strained. So how did you know how to be a dad with your first son? Like, what, what, <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, man. Finish that question. No, I I just, I'm curious to know how, what role model did you use to, to to become that, that father figure for for your son? Man, Charlie, I'll tell you, you know, I, I I didn't know how to be a dad, to be quite honest with you. You know, my grandfather, you know, he, he did the best. He was, he was, he was a hard guy, man, but he, he loved me and my, my brother. And we stayed, you know, mostly with him and like I said, him and my grandmother. And then I had my uncle as a role model too. I got to see how he interacted with his kids, um, not all the time, but when we were, you know, visiting things like that. So, man, I didn't know. Honestly, dude, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I think at the time when I got custody him, I was an E, I was a sergeant or a staff sergeant, um, <clears throat> man, and I, I. I would say I was not the best, most uh, soft father for my oldest boy. Man, I all I knew how to do was 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 move troops around. So unfortunately, he he got the staff sergeant more than he got the dad. Mm. So so you sort of projected what you saw as as sort of. Uh authority right i mean you're you're in the military that was authority so so it just makes sense that that would be you know without any other role model in your life it it makes sense that that would be something you would project yeah man it was one of those give orders you follow them you know or others consequences and what you know just man he lacked you know he and i lacked a lot of the the physical bonding, because man, of course you don't do that with your soldiers. You just, you just kind of, you handle, you know, you, you, you face whatever feelings people have with as little contact as possible, you know, and uh, you kind of just put it to the back burner. So that's kind of the way it was when I first in the military. You, a man didn't show emotion, um, especially didn't show, you know, love and affection like like he should um, while you're in the military. So that's kind of my son lacked that, you know, I was always there for him. I showed him, you know, I was a great, uh, had a great work, e- work ethic, which I instilled upon him is one of the things, he, you know, we talk about to this day. Um, and he, I just lacked the sensitive side, man, which uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story here in a little bit. Once we get, you know, get, get to a good point and um, kind of what made me change, even with my youngest son, uh, what made me kind of change my behavior. So, so like just going back to your firstborn now, as you're going through, like, uh, I, I guess looking back at this point, what, what is the biggest thing that you feel like you missed during those years, um, raising that firstborn? Making him know how much I loved him, not by words, 
you know, and, and not necessarily by actions. You know, actions, you know, what I thought was you provide a roof, you know, you put clothes on the back, you feed, you make sure they're safe and secure. Um, but the thing that I regret the most, Charlie, is, is showing him how much I cared through through touch and, you know, and affection and not just words, but my actions. You know, I was always there with sports and things like that, but it was it was always from afar, from a hard ass position, you know. Like the the kind of the boys don't cry mentality is that one hundred fifty percent, brother. Okay, all right. And now, like, was there a, a transition time during his life that where you know you have you've had the opportunity to like share this with him and talk to him about like you know the the, the change and how you wish oh, yeah. you had been. Yeah. Man, it, um, it, it happened even before I had other kids. Um, yes. So, you know, so we how, were, how we, old was, yeah, how old was he when you had your, um, okay. So your next one's 25, right? Yeah. They're eight, eight years apart. Yeah. Eight years there. Okay. So he was eight years old, um, when you had your next one. Yeah. Okay. And you're saying it was before it was before then, like uh, it was around the seven or eight year old mark. Yeah, probably, man. Yeah, she's T thirty three. She's twenty. Yeah, eight years. About eight. About eight years. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I got. I think I probably got cussed in. I see four or five, but it's probably closer to four. Um, and then. Uh, like the the lady that I married to get custody of him, we wound up getting pregnant, and then we, you know, well, we let me backtrack that we split, um, and then she came back later because I'd already taken her back to Georgia to go be with her parents. She showed up on my doorstep uh, with a baby. Okay, surprise, surprise. Yeah, and I still. Um, I didn't love her, you know what I mean? So I didn't think it would be fair to her to kind of pretend to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, I was there for my, I was there for my daughter, of course, but still was acting as a single father for him. Mm. Um, but really, man, the, the turning point for me is when I, you know, he, it, it was much later in life. I was, I think I was in Iraq in about, two, I think it was 2008. Um, God, at that time, I'm trying to, Put the number. My, my math is terrible right now. Well, you, you're, you're talking about that. Talking about going to Iraq. Where, did you go on a lot of deployments, being a single father? And if so, like, where did he, where, where did he stay? Well, you were um, for the longest time when I was when I was kind of a, staying in garrison, the 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 other soldiers' wives would help take care of him. But when I would go on these year long deployments, um, he would go back. He would either go to my parents' house. Or when his mother finally got her stuff together, he would he would stay with her, you know, for those for because it's year long deployment, so he would stay with her for that year, or he was with my parents, my dad uh, and my stepmother. Okay, makes sense. All right, I'm sorry, uh, I digressed. Uh, no, you you're, were good, in Ar- you're in Iraq. Uh, you said you yeah, went well, to Iraq, and then that was kind of a yeah. turning point. Yeah, you know. Um, it just, I don't know, there's something clicked with me, man, and, and I just realized, like, how much of a hard ass I had been and how much regret I had, because we were estranged for a, for a little while. 
um, when he was 18, 19 years old, we were, you know, it was, he, I told him not to join the Marine Corps. Of course he did. Um, I wanted him to either join the Air Force or the Navy because, you know, there's more skill set with those folks that you can use out in the civilian world than you can in the Army or the Marines. Um, so he was pr probably 18, 19, maybe 1920. And I just realized being apart from him, you know, how much I regretted not being a softer person, man. And I, and I, it just, it just kind of hit you. And I don't even, I think what, what probably triggered it was seeing these guys, these dads in this war torn country, man. And, and how much, you know, how close they were with their kids because of all the stuff that was going on and them trying to protect them from, you know, being in harm's way. And, you know, even though I always did a great job, at least in my opinion, a great job protecting them, keeping them safe, I still miss that bond because I didn't show him the affection that a father should show to their children, whether they're a boy or a girl, you know? Yeah. So that kind of, that was kind of a turning point for me. And we finally, you know, we finally made up and it, man, we really got close probably when he was uh, almost God, 23 years old, I'd say around there. And I just, you know, I, I just manned up like I should have done years and years before and just told him, man, I, you know, I'm so sorry. I, uh, I was not the father that I should have been. I was, I was there for you, you know, in person, but I wasn't really there for you. Uh, you know, and he didn't understand at that time, but as, you know, as our relationship has, has progressed, you know, fast, fast forward to when my, uh, when my granddaughter was born and then, and probably about six years old, they had moved to Florida and came to visit. And I saw something in my son that I absolutely, lack of a better term, hated. And what I saw, Charlie, was I saw me in him and not in a positive way. You know, because wow. he would, this, oh my gosh. This is him as a father, you're saying, with his, yeah. with his baby? With his baby girl, man. And, and I saw it. And I'm not, you know, I, I just, I pulled him to the side and I said, look, but I, his name is Brian Keith Towns in a second, um, but I, he goes by Bubba. And I said, Bubba, look, man, I see a lot of me and you in, in the more harsher sense. And he wasn't being like harsh, like, but she would, I think one thing that the one uh, incident that really triggered it was uh, she, she was eating. And either she didn't like, I don't think she liked the food, but she would say, I'm full. And then my son kind of dug in on that and was like, are you full or you just don't like it? And he just kind of harped on that a little bit. That's kind of one thing that I used to do too, is I would pick at something and then I would harp on it, man. I would beat it like a dead horse. And I saw that in him and I, you know, I just pulled him. I said, look, man, I don't like to see me in you because of the way I raised you as a father and the example that I was for you. And I just told him, man, just to take a softer approach, especially to your, you know, to, I don't think love between your, your son and your daughter should be any different, but, but parents with, and dads, especially with sons and daughters, you do kind of take it a little bit easier on the daughter because of the feminine side of it, you know, and you're a little bit, you seem to, you tend to be a little bit harder on the son. Um, 
you know, and, and I just yeah. told him, man, I said, do what you got to do, but get out of that habit of, 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 you know, pinpoint something in the harp and I be kind, man, be, be loving, be more affectionate to her when you're talking to her. That way she, she doesn't see it as a negative, you know, while you're trying to get whatever answers you want from her. Just done it. What basically what I boiled down to is don't be me, you know? Hmm. And, you know, it, people talk about this all the time about generational things passing on from generation to generation. Yeah. And your example is just, you, you lived it. Like you're, you actually, you actually did it. Then you got to see your son do it. And the crazy thing is, is that he probably, I'm, I'm guessing he didn't even realize yeah. he was doing it. So, so you, you being there, how fortunate is that for him, for you to be able to witness it and be able to, you know, to, to, to have that conversation with him. Well, right the funny the thing, man, to be honest with you, Charlie, is, is like when they would come visit, he would see me with Kennedy, my daughter, and Riley. Um, and and he would see the way that they would like talk to me. And he would look at me with this look of disbelief. Like, and then he would tell me, like, oh my God, Dad, you you would have yelled, I would have been grounded for a month if I talked to you like that. And I just tell him, I said, you know, and then I'll, he calls me to, he, he, he points into my stomach and does the whole Pillsbury Doughboy thing because of how soft <laughs> I am with him. So he, he goes, oh, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. um, and I just told him, I said, son, I said, I had no idea what I was doing with you. I said, you were, unfortunately, you were the guinea pig, man. I said, you learned. And that's why I can talk to you about taking a softer approach with your daughter, because that should have happened, you know, with you as well. And I said that me rubbing off on you like that is terrible. So just be mindful of it, man. And I'll tell you, I've seen the interactions between them, you know, for, for, you know, years since. And, and it, he made a change in himself, man. And it, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, geez. Is that so cool, man? You were able oh, to get God. in there and talk to him. And, and I mean, how, how many, how many sons have fathers that are willing to look in the mirror and say, wait a second, that, that was me that I taught you that it's bad. And I want you to stop doing that. And you recognize it. And, and, and that happened. That's, that's pretty fruitful, man. So right. if you, if you fast forward now, obviously you've had a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance and a fifth chance. <laughs> um, right, right, right. Like how, how, I mean, obviously you're very introspective. You're very much a man that's willing to put your ego in the back pocket because you know that's what you've done and you're willing to grow how yeah. has that changed you know specifically with each kid and like i mean i'm i'm, I'm supposing kid number five is just completely you're, you're totally a, a softy for that one or what well let me tell you i'll tell you i'll tell you the story um i was in the chiropractor's office man and i was waiting to go back and on the tv came this five or I'm gonna say five that I think it was like five toxic traits of a parent now I'll give you a little little perspective my son was wrestling so it's one-on-one mono -e mono you got to be tough out there you know and I kind of I pushed that like if you're hurt it's okay to cry but I still wasn't completely don't show your emotion and cry you cry if you're hurt you know, we don't let anybody else see us cry. And I was still, you know, a lot softer, Charlie. Don't get me wrong. A lot softer with him. That, you know, I, 
I hug my kids, I kiss my kids, but that part of me during a combat sport still was, you don't show weakness out here on the mat, you don't cry, right? Right. And I think the, the lot of, uh, a lot of wrestling parents are like that, and, it's, and I don't know why, but it's, it's when kids are involved in those types of sports, man, you just, you want them to just emanate toughness, right? So I'm sitting in the chiropractor's office and they're going through these traits. I'm like, nope, not me. Nope, not me. Nope, not me. And the, like number five, it was toxic trait of a male parent is that we tell our sons not to cry. And that slapped me in the face harder than I've ever been slapped in my life, man. And, and I realized at that moment, I'm not letting my son show emotion when, man, we're human beings and that's what we are. We're emotional, you know, and, and as men, what do we do to, you know, in the army? I can tell you, what do we do out here, you know, with our, with our male friends? We don't show weakness to these guys. We don't show weakness. You don't cry from these guys. You, you only let them see the, t- the tough, rough exterior. Mm. And I'm just, dude, it just, it, it's like I was kicked in the groin, man. And just, it just kind of took my breath away. Like, oh my God, I'm doing that again with this son. How long and ago tell was you, that? Man, I, man, it's been probably three years. Okay, so three years ago. Maybe maybe even a little longer, man. But I went home that, that night after work, man. And, and as, as I'm laying him down and we say our prayers, and I just look him in the face and I tell him, his name is Riley. I said, Riley, daddy has been wrong. And this is the reason why if you get upset and you feel like you need to cry, man, you come to me and you cry. Let's, let's cry together, man. And I was, I'm getting kind of choked up about it now, but he was so forgiving, mm-hmm. so loving, man. And the, the tears just came out and it was just like, I'm sorry I'm not allowing you to show emotion when you have feelings, man. And and it's okay from now on. If you feel like you need to cry, let's cry. Let's talk about it. And then let's figure a way to, to get past it and you know, you know, and and get over that. You know, if it's if it's me, if you're scared or something, that's why you're crying. Let's figure a way out to kind of get past that. It's okay to be scared. But, you know, let's let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about our feelings. And it just from that day, that day on, man, I'm I'm just. If he cries, it's like, hey, let's 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 talk about it. Come, put your head on my shoulder, yeah, and let's let's work it out, man. We're men, but you know what? We also have a sensitive side, and that is okay. Wow, man. So so it's been this has been an an evolving kind of a process for you, all the way up until basically three years ago. I mean, so you yeah. recognized it with your first son that <clears throat> that you wanted to be a bit more, you know, on the soft side and and do the yeah. uh, the actions and the touch and the feeling. Um, and still, even at that point, there was an internal message from you to your kids not to cry. Not not my kids, my son. My your daughter son. was allowed to cry anytime she wanted to, mm. but that you know that wasn't fair to him man. He, you know, kids are sensitive, bro. He's nine years old. I don't know a nine-year-old that's not sensitive, man. I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I don't know any 50-year-olds 
that <laughs> who are in touch with their feelings that are not sensitive people. Yeah. No, that's a solid I'm talking point. Up, talking on the on the dad men, you know, perspective and and I think letting dad out there know that man, we're not perfect, bro. This we're I'm 52, man. I got five kids. I'm still evolving and and trying to get this thing right, man. There, it's no perfect science to this. There's no book, you know. What I mean, I, I know it's kind of a cliche to say, but there's no operator's manual, dude, to tell us this is what you got to do in this situation, man. We're still trying to figure things out for ourselves. And I think if, if you know, and that's the one thing I love about Thumos and, and all my brothers that are in this organization is that we allow each other the space, the safe space to get those feelings out. And we hold each other accountable to hold us to the things that we know that we're not doing right. Mm. You know, it, and it's what's so special, man. I don't know if you see it in yourself, but you are like along your journey you're you're spot checking yourself you're it's like you're doing an internal reflection when you see something bad man you have the wherewithal to fix it the motivation to fix it and to tell the people that you love the truth and how you feel and what you've learned oh yeah i mean how, how many you know how many of us understand that and let our ego get in the way and we don't do that we don't take that next step to talk to the person because, Too you know, it, it, oh, yeah, you'll crush your ego. And and you're doing that. You're taking the step. And now you're telling your story here on the podcast, man. And, and I think I think it's a really impactful story, man, because you know, it, it you, you've you've kind of been through a lot and you've got five kids being yeah. in the military and having all that background and then obviously a strained relationship with your dad, yeah. um, you know, along the way, I guess. If you think about um, a young father that may, you know, maybe maybe in the military, maybe not. What advice would you give that guy right now starting out that you wish you would have heard? Check your ego at the door. We are all a tad bit egotistical as the alpha male. But check your ego with your children. They're going to respond and the relationship is going to flourish so much more as, as you get later on in life with, with the relationship. They're going to benefit so much more from just trying to be that hard guy, man. I mean, there's times when you, you know, the Bible tells us we, we are the disciplinarians. But you don't have to be that disciplinarian 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You've got to show your kids, especially our sons, that, that we do have a sensitive side, and it's okay to show that. So check your ego at the door. Mm, thank you, Brian. And I want to thank everybody for listening today. If you like what you've heard, please remember to follow, share, give us a strong, a strong review. And if you're a man out there searching for improvement and growth, be sure to check out strongdadscommunity.com. We're going to wrap it up for this one. Brian, I really appreciate your time, man, and you sharing your heart on this story, man. Uh, I think a lot of people get a lot out of this one. Well, brother, I do appreciate you having the faith in me as a strong dad and um, recognizing uh, because, you know, you as well. I tell you, all the listeners out there that you're one heck of an example to follow, too, and, and you're a lot younger than me. But, man, I, we can all learn from guys like you, too. So thank you for having me on and trusting me to, to be a part of this wonderful community. Uh, thank you, Brian. All right, brother. Well, we will uh, talk soon, brother. We're going to wrap this one up.
All right, everybody. All right, brother. Thanks. Bye.